Welcome back to Tiptoes Minute. Tiptoes Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 2003 Matthew McConaughey, Gary Oldman film, Tiptoes Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. This is Ghostbusters Minute, how isn't it? How in the hell is that a real movie? I don't know. And how does it not have every Oscar ever? It is. Have you heard of I, did you Have you seen Tiptoes? I've never seen it, no. Folks, if you don't know what we're talking about out there, this is a movie that serves uh, Peter Dinklage, uh, Matthew McConaughey, Gary Oldman, and what is the woman's name oh, in it? Uh, uh, Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. And it's just the most bizarre movie. You have to. See, I, I don't really know if I want to spoil the plot so much, but it looks like it's the trailer's kind of depicted as like a comedy, right? Kind of almost an exploitation movie, but then apparently it's like a very serious yeah. drama, like the movie with no jokes seriously. in it at all. Yeah. It's like, but the trailer is like something out of a Tim and Eric, you know, sketch uh, on Tim and Eric. Uh, awesome show, great job. It's it's the most bizarre thing ever. <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about Ghostbusters Minute because you're listening to Ghostbusters Minute, the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. Brady, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good. I, I know you. I probably kind of threw you there for a minute because I know you're a big fan of the movie Tiptoes, and I, I'm disappointed. Disappointed that you know, in all the different movie by minute podcasts uh, that we, you and I, are doing right now, Jurassic Park minute, Ghostbusters minute, we should have time to do something like Tiptoes minute. You think we, we would? You think we would? But we don't, and that is on us, folks. We apologize for our shortcomings. But today we are going to bring you minute number fifty-four of Ghostbusters. Brady, you ready to get into this Let's one? Let's do it. The previous minute, we saw Vince Clortho in terror dog form ripping up Lewis Tully's party and chasing him into Central Park. At minute number 54, we see Lewis Tully fall over a wall and into Central Park. At 54.03, we see the doorman of the building talking to two people, entering 550 Central Park West and telling him that Lewis was screaming about a bear. At 54.05, we see Vince Clortho bound out of the apartment complex and in between the doorman and the two people entering the building. Vince Clortho then runs across the street and is almost hit by a car before he jumps over the Central Park wall. At 54.10, we see Lewis Tully running through Central Park and talking to himself about how he's going to bring this up at the next tenants meeting. He says to himself that there isn't supposed to there is there aren't supposed to be any pets in the building. At 54.15, Lewis runs across Tavern on the Green and approaches it. Now, Tavern on the Green is a fancy restaurant in New York City. At 54.20, we see Lewis pounding on the glass at Tavern on the Green restaurant. At 54.30, Lewis attempts to pull a locked door open to no avail. At 54.38, Lewis pounds on the glass as the diners look at him and with curious contempt. At 54.44, Lewis slowly turns around as the diners ignore his pleas. At 54.47, we get a POV shot of the terror dog slowly moving towards Lewis Tully. The birthday party girl can be seen on the right-hand side of the frame. As Vins approaches Lewis, Lewis attempts to calm him down by calling him a cute little pooch and attempting to give him a milk bone. At 54.55, Vins's head lifts up into frame as Lewis screams with his back against the glass window of the restaurant. At 54.56, we see Vince snarling directly into the camera. At 54.57, we see Lewis Tully slide down the window as he is possessed by Vince Glortho. The onlookers inside the Tavern on the Green restaurant watch as he slides down the window and then go back to their meals and conversation. Thus ends minute number 54 of Ghostbusters. So, there's a lot of Central Park action uh, in this in this minute. Now the funny part is, is that Tavern on the Green is actually right across from uh, 550 Central Park West, right? That's right. One of our uh, former guests, I believe it was um, Mark Landry. Yeah, it was Mark Landry. Was saying that uh, Ghostbusters really pays attention to the geography of New York and the places that it goes. And when he comes out of the hotel, he immediately runs right into uh, jumps the wall of Central Park, so that New Yorkers would see it and say like, oh, okay, you know that makes sense. Right. Uh, it's not somewhere that's like across you know across town. Um, 
So that's neat. It's feasible that he could make it to that yeah. in, in, in that short amount of time running. So, so we also uh, get another glimpse at some kind of gothic uh, architecture here. There's another um, gargoyle. And yeah. it's whenever he runs up, there's the Mexican coat of arms, and it's the eagle with the rattlesnake in its mouth. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I saw it was an eagle. I didn't see the rattlesnake. So Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. The story is, is that whenever the original Mexicans were looking for a place to build what would become the central part of Mexico Mexico City, they saw an eagle tearing a snake apart, and they there was like a prophecy that that's where they were supposed to build and establish a town. Now, yeah. But I never realized that that was going on uh, on yeah, that if, gargoyle. If I'm there. not mistaken, that's what I'm seeing there. Yeah. So did you notice that whenever Lewis Tully runs up to Tavern on the Green, he's saying, and the stuff about uh, he's going to bring us up the next yeah. tenants meeting, and uh, you know there's not supposed to be pets in the building. That's an ADR part that doesn't match what's going on on screen because his mouth isn't moving at all. So when he runs up, all that is just you know ADR dialogue, and his mouth is yeah. Moving. Well, I would I would assume that it is ADR because the mic wouldn't have been close enough to him. But uh, also, if he's actually running, he'd be like panning. Yeah, you know, if he has yeah. this is probably like the tenth take, and he's probably winded by that point. It's well too. done. I've never really yeah never really heard it. That I way. didn't either. So uh, the young lady having her birthday inside of Tavern on the Green. Who was that? Debbie Gibson. Debbie, shake your love, Gibson. There you go. Uh, it took me a second there. Debbie, mega octopus versus giant shark. Gibson. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool to to see her in there. Yeah, she was probably I think somewhere around like fourteen years old when she did this, and she's the birthday girl. So there's balloons everywhere. It's right as uh, the terror dog's head kind of lifts into frame. Um, you can see her looking out the window. That makes sense because I think when she came out with "Shake Your Love," she was like sixteen or seventeen, and that would have been like nineteen eighty eight, nineteen eighty seven, something like that. Before I my think. time. Oh, that was actually my time. So, um, so yeah, so Tavern on the Green. Uh, you ever been there? I've never eaten there, but I've been outside and I basically tried to, you know, retrace uh, Lewis's steps in trying to get in. And um, it's a nice looking place. Uh, Tavern on the Green, the building was actually built in 1870 and didn't become a restaurant until 1934 and has been operating as a restaurant except for a short time where it was closed for renovation uh, a few years ago. And um, it's a lovely place. Beautiful building. I'm sure the food's amazing. I'd love to go there sometime. But uh, yeah, it looks very nice. I'm actually looking at the menu right now. You and it's surprisingly affordable. I thought for something like Tavern on the Green that this would be a place where you know it'd be like hundred dollar plates or something like that. But no, it's uh, it's not too bad. So I'll just pick a couple things off here: uh, striped bass, uh, which would be crushed butterball potatoes, grilled onion greens, and striped bass with a light green veal au jus. That's uh, thirty six dollars. Diver scallops thirty three dollars. Scottish salmon thirty four dollars. So, you know, this is not really would say. I mean, for if you could get reservations and get in, uh, you know, a dry aged sirloin steak fifty four dollars. So it's not terrible. That's not completely undoable. There you go. I'll yeah, have to go check it out. Yeah, um, definitely. If we can get reservations, that is. But uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So this scene is very reminiscent of another one of the great New York movies, uh, and that's American Psycho. And uh, there's just something about this location that reminds me of one of the rest, many restaurants, high-end restaurants they would eat at in that movie. And it's funny because a lot of this stuff, most of what American Psycho is about um, is the fact that nobody's paying attention to anyone else in the movie. Right. No, Something happens. Hey, whatever. Nothing happened. Big deal. You know, let's not pay any attention to it. So whenever he is attacked by the terror dog, does no one else in the restaurant see the dog? Or do they just not care? They're so uh, concerned about whatever conversation they're having 
that they just go right back to it. So there was something about it that, I don't know, it just kind of brought American Psycho to mind. And uh, Yeah, and, and I, I think it brings back up those issues of like Amer- uh, American class struggle in the 1980s, which, you know, was the rise of the yuppie, the rise of Wall Street, the rise, rise of, you know, guys like Donald Trump, who, uh, you know, these guys sitting in Tavern in the Green, they don't care about, you know, some mentally ill person in the, yeah. uh, you know, like sh- screaming his head off. Now, it, was this also where the um, homeless scene was edited out of? Was it around this time too? I don't. Yeah, I think it might have been. Yeah, I believe because the terror dog like runs right through him or something like that. We could be wrong on that, but I want to say that the scene where Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd were playing homeless men uh, and having a little banter. Yeah, it's one of those weird scenes that they they shot a lot of extra stuff for Ghostbusters that maybe they were just like had an idea on the set. Like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if you know Dan and Bill got in these costumes and kind of did like a you know a, a little improv Saturday Night Live type sketch here while we're shooting this, and just it didn't work in a bigger context of the movie. Yeah, so they just didn't include it. Yeah, that would have been very strange. All right, so yet again we see that Lewis is uh, not able to get into. A door, a locked wow, door. Wow, I never put that together. Yeah, yeah. Several locked doors. So this this thing is going to happen to him whether he likes it or not. And uh, seemingly no one is going to notice or, or care about it. And so this is the moment where he is completely cornered. He's got one door on one side that he could get into, another on the other side, neither of which are open. His only other exit out of the situation is where he came in, and it is completely blocked off by the terror dog, by his inevitable transformation. One thing I always wondered about the scene was, could, could the people in Tavern on the Green not see Vince Clortho in terror dog form? Now, we know that other people can see him because the people at the party are scared when he jumps out of the door. So it's not like kind of a figment of Lewis Tully's imagination or something that he can only see. But I guess they're just, maybe by the time he starts sliding down the window when Vince Clortho would be in their view, maybe Vince has dematerialized at that point and is possessing That could Lewis. absolutely, because I've always wondered what the terror dogs do to these. Do they, I never know if they like ate them or what, but yeah. It's to the film's credit that they don't show what happens because there's nothing that they could show that would kind of satisfy us. It's best left to the imagination. But I'm assuming that at this point, if they're not seeing Vince Clortho, uh, once he slides down the glass, if Vince Clortho has turned into a mist or a fog or a beam of light and has transformed from, uh, you know, being a terror dog into something that is possessed, Louis Tully at this point. Yeah, because. Vince would have been in their line of sight. Now, I know he's a few feet away. He's kind of in the darkness, so we might not have seen him. But, uh, yeah, yeah. If, if that is what's going on, if by the time all these people turned and looked, that transformation, that possession had just taken place, Vince Clotho has dematerialized and is now in the, the body of Lewis. Um, I've, I've never thought of it like that. We know huh. later in the movie, we do see uh, Dana Barrett and Lewis Tully are struck by lightning, and then they turn into terror dogs. Yeah. So there's some sort of like reverse process going on off screen that we didn't see. It would have been kind of cool to have like maybe uh, a lighting effect outside, like maybe a light flash a couple times, and you hear the sound of thunder or lightning or something like that. And yeah. then, uh, yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. That might have answered this question that doesn't that needs to be left uh, to our imagination. Yeah. And here I am, thirty-one years into seeing this movie, and I've never, ever, ever considered how it happened, and until now, so. not seeing it works better than seeing it. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's everything we had for this minute. And that kind of ends this fun little uh, Lewis Tully cycle. I think is what we were calling it. Three minutes of just nonstop Lewis Tully. You know, we had the 
Minute number 52, the great party scene where he's walking around dancing with Gene Kasem. Minute number 53, uh, where Vince Cortho busts out of the door and we have a little bit of slapstick comedy. And then finally here, where Lewis Tully is possessed by Vince Cortho. And we do get some other really great stuff with Rick Moranis later. And Her- Rick Moranis, Harold Ramis, and uh, Ginny, I'm sorry, Annie Potts later on have a really funny little exchange. And then, of course, when you know Vince Cortho tries to talk to a horse, <laughs> he's convinced yeah. that he's an agent of, of a gozer. So, uh, yeah, well, you know, we're, we're really getting into it. We're really getting into it with the next uh, few weeks of shows. This is, uh, you know, kind of the culmination of Ghostbusters here. It's nonstop action from here on out. So, yeah. all right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Again, our other show that we're working on right now uh, is coming down the line, Jurassic Park Minute. Our pilot for that dropped on Monday. If you'd like to hear that, then search for Jurassic Park Minute wherever you're listening to this podcast. I guarantee it's there. Uh, We're having a real fun time putting that together, but uh, it is not going to divert our attention from Ghostbusters Minute, so don't worry about that. We're going to continue bringing the show until its ultimate end, which is coming in just a couple of months. So That's right. All right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We want you to have a great weekend. we got a Patreon episode dropping tomorrow. Uh, Check out the Facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute for more information on that. Also, check out Patreon.com slash GB Minute if you want some more information on how to be a Patreon and get some of that great, great content. All right, Brady, let's head on out of here. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind Ghostbusters you that Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. We'll be back. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash GB Minute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com. Facebook.com slash Ghostbusters Minute, Twitter.com slash GB Minute, and look us up on Instagram at Ghostbusters Minute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.